0: friends of course i go by the name of the kid famous you and i are tuned into the tim and friends show hello education entertainment coast to coast ball it up call it entertainment let's get this started uncle tim let's start this show in five four
1: three two one let's go i'm getting notes stuff like yeah i got my am yeah, not perturbed <laughs> perturbed <laughs> Perturb. <laughs> Perturb. yeah Felt slighted. Uh, this is Tim and Friends for Wednesday, February 15th. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff. taking you to Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. Blackhawks-Leafs across the country, coverage starting at 6.30 Eastern Time, 3.30 Pacific. The Patrick Kane rumors to Toronto have nothing to do with the fact that the Blackhawks are in Toronto, right, Jesse? Like, the media wouldn't do that, would not, they? How, not how we operate. No, no, no not how we operate well, or the they media, operate. The, the, the media. Are we part of that media? I'd like to separate myself. I don't know about that media, but the media in general, I think... It's funny how I don't include myself
2: in that. No, but I know. You're right. When, just when by I definition, said media, it's yeah. we. It's definition. Like, what are you going to do? You have a show. Talk about sports. But you, I don't think we by, do that I, show. By nature, you are the media. But we don't do that show. No, no, no. You have, you've strived for a long time to be different than that.
1: Right. But I don't know if we are, even if you strive. We'll let the friends of the show decide. Are we just <laughs> not
2: going to address the elephant in the room?
1: What is the elephant in the room? Beard looks great. Oh, yeah, I got a little. Yeah. I got lined up today. Beard looks great. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have uh, heard us talking about Gus doing Jesse's hair yeah. or Ken Reed's hair when yep. he comes in. Yep. We've had a few discussions every once in a while Does a on heck the of a show, it a hell of a job. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I don't have hair to cut. <laughs> but today I came in and I said, hey, can you, can you line up the beard, can you tidy up the beard a little bit? Yeah, so you and do have hair to cut. And he did. beard.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Nice. I don't know well, if you sure. want
1: to walk that road, Jesse. Okay, fine. Yeah, I fine. think you, you're getting in trouble. All right, yeah, I won't say All anything right. else. Uh, we'll talk to uh, <laughs> Elliot Friedman about the Patrick Kane rumors to Toronto and see if he's part of the media. You know what I'm saying, Jesse? We got some rumors here. We got Chikrin, we've got Gabrikoff, et al., the co host of 32 Thoughts, is nice. coming up in the second hour of the show. Elliot Friedman, always too sweet to be sour. Also dropping by today, James Sharman on the dumpster fire that is Canada soccer listen I I promised yesterday we would dig a little deeper because we kind of got caught with breaking news and news conference yeah and I didn't know a lot about what the women were talking about we'll dig a little deeper with charms in fact I wonder if we aren't the only ones digging a little deeper as there are rumors maybe speculation that an inquest could be on the horizon as well for Canada soccer man yikes The last year has been trying. Somewhat difficult for Canada soccer. Almost like, well, let me attempt to provide some visual representation of the last year for football's governing body in this country. Jesse, tell me if this fits here. Is that like tap-in available World Cup? Olympic gold medalist, and boom, both to death.
2: That's like the equivalent of Patrick Stefan having the empty cage and just
1: not scoring. At least they didn't go back the other way and put it in the... Yeah, only if Patrick Stefan had hit the post, had the puck come off the post, yeah, hit him in, him in the, the face, face, and then go out of bounds for the other team. Tough. Tough, <laughs> tough situation all around. Uh, it has been tough uh, for Canada soccer. And to be honest with you, Canada soccer fans and Canada soccer players... So Charmin's second segment of the show, we'll try and sort through it and see if there is some sort of solution on the horizon. Because I'm not the guy, like others in media, Mm -hmm. who yell and scream but don't offer solutions. We'll try and find a solution. And fresh off a big Raptors win at home, Jakob Pertl, you can only hope to contain him. Paul Jones, our guy Jonesy, jumping in. In fact, the Raptors are the lead. This is what everyone's talking about. It's First Things First with Jesse and Biggie. So let's start the push, Garrett Cush. First things first. Wow, wow, wow! We begin with the Raptors,
2: who will head into the All-Star break happy, thanks to Jakob Pertl. Tim on yesterday's show, you wondered if Pertl could be good enough to launch the Raps up the standings. Well, last night, we may have gotten our answer. Didn't we?
1: Is there any way that in the conversations that management had with this entire team in its entirety that some felt like a big man was the difference between being able to compete and being where they are right now. Here's Pirtle. The
3: no look. The slam dunk. Pirtle, nice move and it rolls around and through. Oh Pirtle with the Denial
4: once again by Pirtle. How about that dish. Oh, 30 points
1: for Pirtle.
2: Hmm. Hmm. So, like Superman, Jakob Pertl has come in and saved the season, right?
1: <laughs> Let me say this, like it was eye-opening and I know that there are folks out there saying, well hold on guys, this is the Orlando Magic. This ain't your dad's Orlando Magic, right? Like since the 5-20 and 20 start, I wrote it down, 19-14. and Yeah. Going into last night, since their terrible start to the year, the Magic have some quality wins, were 19 and 14 coming off a victory against the Chicago Bulls and what Jakub Purtle did 30 points on 10 of 15 shooting so over 85% from the floor along with and and this is the one that I will stress the most mm-hmm. tying a career high six blocks as you see him catch Wagner one side and the other for both Wagners Purtle last 30 seasons these are the dudes who had 30 on 85% shooting or better with six blocks. Shaquille O'Neal, Arvidas Sabonis, David Robinson, and Akeem Olajuwon. Like, these are... Those might be the greatest four big men in the last 30 seasons so with traded, all due respect so to Joel Embiid. Yeah,
2: they traded for Hall of Famer. Is what that board
1: tells. No, me. it's not that and it's probably not even close and I warned you <laughs> at the end of yesterday's show that a bunch of Toronto media members would watch the way they play yeah. against bad teams and suggest to you that the Raptors have turned the corner. We're not going to do that. But that's a real interesting piece to the puzzle on a team that is now ninth in the East, Jesse, if you look Mm -hmm. at the standings, four and a half back from the sixth place Heat with 23 games to play. Now, the Heat and the Nets are on Sportsnet 360 tonight, both those teams in an interesting spot. So the Raptors are going to gain a half game on one of those two teams. The Knicks and the Hawks are on Sportsnet now. Mm -hmm. They're also in that spot. Like... This could get really interesting from my point. I don't know what the Nets are. Do you know what the Nets are now? Well, they're probably going to sink like a stone in the East standings. You, you think, think it'll be a stone? Probably a stone. Okay, so there's one team. Maybe a pebble. That the Raptors might be able to catch yeah. in 23. I mean, it's it's not, not a lot of games. Not, That's the not a ton of games. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like there might be some runway here mm-hmm. for the Raptors to make a little bit of noise. And I'm not – listen. I'm not suggesting to you that Jakob Purtle is the Hall of Famer that he was on that list with. But I will say this. There was an obvious need. They filled an obvious need. And it made them look better than we thought they would look. Especially without Gary Trent Jr. looking sharp in the sidelines. And OG Ananobi. Yeah. I mean, he does a lot of really good things. He's the
2: rim protector that you think that they needed. He's probably the best screen setter. On the team, which is pick-and-roll has been a big part of the offense. You didn't think he would score 30. No, no. But he's hyper-efficient, so nights like that can't happen because then he gets in the right spots almost all of the time.
1: And super intelligent. Yeah, soft hands, soft feet. But you heard him say that they were throwing doubles at Freddie. Mm-hmm. What did Freddie end up with? 15 assists. 15 assists. Mm-hmm. Jesse Rubinoff on the dime. I expect nothing less, but I'm still <laughs> impressed, so I'm going to say it. 15 assists on the night. They took advantage of a matchup error from the Orlando Magic yeah. and they beat a decent team. Can they do this against the real teams? I, listen, there's nothing else to watch for unless you're trying to see a tank that you know is not coming. It's to watch and see how good this team can be with a slight little addition and then what they do in the offseason. Keep these guys, change it around. And at least in the in the short term, three games defensively, way better. Oh yeah, way better. Like league, league
2: best if you if you take a three games sample. And yeah. offensively, pretty good. Yeah. No, so no.
1: let let's see how it goes because I think. And listen, I know that there's a lot of slander out there for the front office of the uh-huh. Toronto Raptors. Uh, I give them a little bit of leeway given that. They made a trade that most people thought was ridiculous and won a world championship. Sorry, 50% of the people thought was ridiculous, won a world championship, and then they drafted a guy that most people thought was ridiculous, and you just saw Scottie Barnes, Jalen Suggs last night.
2: Yeah, credit where credit's due. They've looked very good with the Al Capertal in a lineup. Paul Jones coming up a little bit later, and we will continue to to you, the yeah. Raptors conversation, but for now, we got to get to the NHL because it was a busy night. Last night, the Jets beat the Kraken for a third straight win. The Habs shut out. The Blackhawks for zip and Kevin... Mandalese made 46 saves in his NHL debut to lead the Sens to a shootout win on Long Island. But first,
1: the Italian pronunciation, on that, yeah.
2: glorious bastards. Uh, but first, Sheldon Keefe <laughs> confirmed this morning that Austin Matthews will return tonight after a three-week absence, coming off a tough loss to Columbus. Is Matthews' return enough to
1: ease any worries in Leafsland? Is the name of that movie akin to a comedy that was on CBC, where because it's the name of something, we're allowed to say it?
2: Yeah, I actually I was a little bit concerned once it things. came out of your mouth. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but it, but I mean, I mean, was think- nominated for like an Academy Award? They talked they, they you know. Yeah. I don't He's think you're up Shits
1: Creek here. Nice. Like I, Thank you for yeah. bailing me out there. I think, I I think you're in a good spot yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. yeah. That, we're, in that, we're in it together. We're in together. Yeah, and that and that TV show <laughs> on CBC yeah. won a lot, awards, a lot of awards. And every time they won the award, you said they would they would open up the envelope. Yeah. yeah we're American awards too. And we're they good. would say, say excuse me. Yeah. Careful McAfee. They would say, Eugene Levy, Shits Creek. Yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, so we'll get to Mandalay's Day in a second, but what about uh, Austin Matthews coming back? Tough loss on Saturday. Is he enough to assuage? Is that the word?
1: <laughs> assuage yeah. Leaf fans? Yeah, are they, Do they need it? Like, I know someone was saying in one of our early meetings, I believe the script was supposed to be something along the lines of, are Leaf fans uh, less worried? Are they easing any worry? Were, were Leaf fans worried in your mind? I don't think they were. I know they went, what, two and three in his absence and lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I don't think people were worried about where the, they know exactly where the Leafs are, right? Yeah,
2: I think that's, that's part of the problem when you have the Leafs' conversation is that you know what, what it is right now. They're tied with the Lightning, the Lightning have a game in hand, but you know that they're just playing for home ice with one team. It's a very big indictment. But on do the- you
1: think that Leaf fans are worried about that
2: home ice? I think they're, they're no, I think they're nitpicking at certain things with this team because they have nothing better to do because of gotcha. their situation Got gotcha. you. right well then they
1: can nitpick justin hall because he's a halfway scratch for the first time this season after mm-hmm. struggling against the columbus blue jackets listen uh we told you this on monday this is something worth watching having austin matthews back obviously makes the team better he's one of the best players on planet earth and uh he'll help this squad. I think that's the understatement of the day. Yeah. What they can look at is the Leafs playing down to the competition, and we showed you this on Monday. They have five wins in 13 games mm-hmm. against teams in the bottom eight. The Chicago Blackhawks just came off of getting their ass whooped by the Montreal Canadiens last night. I, I don't, I don't know if you need to see this. I know Mike Fuda was in here and he called that a meaningless number. I just. The Leafs need to take care of the business that they have in front of them when they have it in front of them. Yeah. And it speaks to me about a killer instinct and we'll, I'll be watching for that tonight on Scotiabank Wednesday night. Can they just take care of what should be an easy win because I think down the road and I don't know if you like play hurt players to get home ice but I think you really want home ice against the Tampa Bay Lightning who at last check in my mind were something like 21-4-1 and at home.
2: Yeah. That would be a con- that would be a concern, and we're obviously going to be talking a-, a lot more about that uh, in the coming months. Right. Uh, quick thought on Kevin Mandlese. What a great
1: story the yeah. Mandlese story was with the Mandlese family Mandeleze. in the stands celebrating his every move in front of what I thought would be maybe perturbed New York Islanders fans. Mm-hmm. Like 46 saves in the win in shootout. Sens go back to back. You wondered if he'd get the shot. I love the Timmy Stutzler going to him before the game. I love And that. giving him the yeah. hug. And I'm, I'm falling more and more in love with Timmy Stutzler's game. I know that wasn't the story last night. But Kevin Mandelese, let's just give him some horns. I don't know what the story ends up being. I'm not going to act like we're going to go into an Andrew Hammond type road with either one of mm-hmm. these keepers, Mads or Mandolaze, like it's got to. You got to start printing off the T-shirts, right? Like Mads and mandalaze. Yeah, like make it into a thing. My yeah, mind. there's got to be something there. But that's that's nice, and it's a really good start for both of those guys to get wins, and a team that's kind of gone through the ringer. Uh, I love the story, and anytime you see a debut, you just smile, right? Like if you, oh, no yeah. horse in the race, of you're course. not cheering for the Islanders. You love seeing stuff yeah. like that.
2: Franchise record, there you have it. A yeah, second NHL most debut. saves
1: in a debut. Pretty ridiculous. To Kenny Reggett and his uh, over-aggressive Reggett. glove hand.
2: Speaking of uh, Kens, Ken Reed will join us a little bit later, and Elliot Friedman as well. Did as you do me.
1: the Ken Reggett when you were playing goalie back in the day? Was Ken Reggett... He was over-aggressive with the glove hand, and he was, would, the, was he, it, he would flat. Was lefty
2: or righty? No, air. I'm
1: just doing it because I'm a lefty.
2: Yeah, yeah. But he was a lefty, I think, Ken Reggett, if I'm not do you mistaken. you remember that? yeah. Yeah.
1: Flapped I the I did glove the as he made if, the glove save. If you're a goalie and you didn't do that, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're doing it <laughs> wrong. Uh,
2: all right, the countdown to opening day for the Blue Jays is on. As players continue the early stages of spring training, they'll have to get used to some new rules that will go into effect this season. Kind of fun. The most notable being the addition of a pitch clock, where pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw with the bases empty and 20 seconds With the runner on, shift restrictions where teams must have all four infielders on the infield dirt with two on each side of second base and larger bases going from 15 inches to 18 inches in width. Earlier today, Blue Jays manager John Schneider gave his thoughts on the changes. Six-inch difference.
4: I think the one that jumps out is the, the pitch clock and the tempo in between innings and things like that. Just you know, guys get used to a certain cadence of their game and their routine, and that's going to be a little bit different. So we've kind of built in some constraints for spring, whether it's in bullpens, live VPs, uh, things like that. So that'll be a little bit of, a, of an adjustment period, I think. I think it's great that we're starting to enforce them day one in game so guys can get a feel for it. Um, You know the uh, the bases I think are great for safety I think that they're that's not going to be too much of a difference and then the shifting obviously is going to be I think really good and I think it lines up well for us with the athletes that we do have on the infield especially.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
2: Do you have a favorite? Did your voice crack there?
1: Maybe. You You said most notable was the pitch clock. And immediately I thought the shift was the most notable. I'm not calling you a liar here, mm-hmm. but I think it's just a difference of opinion. I think all of them are going to play a big factor. I think you'll see some guys, one, taking bigger leadoffs, two, swiping more bags because of the six-inch difference between uh, the former bag and the new bag. I think the pitch clock is going to mm-hmm. play. Yeah, especially when you say pitch clock right after it, yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. asking for trouble. Uh, but I think the shift is a big one. I think the shift <laughs> part of all of this—I
2: got it, yeah—could
1: yeah. You know, got what could be a massive game changer for the game of baseball. I can't wait to see it, not yeah. only in play but how teams try and manufacture a shift after the pitch is thrown. Because I don't know if you've read the rules, but it is two infielders on both sides oh, yeah. when the pitch is thrown, Take but they off. can move after. I know they're gonna be running and then there's a challenge yeah right there's there's challenges that you can say like league-wide batting average went down and you can either accept the penalty which won't cause any problems at all (laughs) mark my words it will cause a lot of problems um you can accept the penalty which is adding one ball to the hitters count or Mm -hmm. decline it and the play would stand i think we're gonna see a lot of interesting things happen after the ball is released early on and I think it'll settle down
2: yeah I, one thing that caught my eye is like the, the pitch clock also applies to the hitter too right so yeah like,
1: 8 seconds get in there Nomar would be in some trouble oh, this uh, this stuff yeah. is going to stop anyone who has this in their game you cannot do it anymore yeah. and you know yeah. I know we don't have a ton of time yeah. but you know that every umpire like the reason why you become an official is because you like rules Mm -hmm. and you know that there are certain umpires that are just going to be jag offs about this and tell guys get back in the box and then guys are going to square off and i'm going to be honest with you unless it involves teams that i care about i am going to enjoy it thoroughly
2: yeah hopefully we get more manager umpire conflicts because everybody likes those (laughs) um speaking of rules and penalties yeah uh, Might have led to a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl and a Super Bowl parade. They hey, had I the gotcha. second Super Bowl nice in four years. I like it. Fans began lining the streets as early as 6 a.m. to take part in the celebration, and to no one's surprise, a toasty Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey provided toasty. some entertaining sound bites Is as a family friendly way of saying drunk. Right yes, camera. check it out.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what rebuilding means. And our rebuilding you. We're world champs.
1: We're world champs.
5: The haters were
1: saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. (laughs) If you knew the Chiefs. We're going to win the division. Let me hear you say, hell yeah.
6: yeah.
1: All right now. If y'all knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to win the MVP, let me get a hell yeah. (laughs) If you knew the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to have the best offense in the National Football League. Let me hear you say, oh. That's a
0: good one right there. I like that one right there. That feels so good, don't it? Let me hear you say it.
5: oh!
1: Oh no, no, no. All right, all right, all right. Obviously a huge Percy Miller fan. Is that Master P? I don't know. You tell me. I'm not you're the hip-hop guy. <laughs> that's, a, that's Master P. Travis Kelsey's pulling up. He'll be in the WWE like within a decade. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we both raised, uh, oh for sure we will be, uh, multiple eyebrows at the rebuild thing. I did a quick Google search and then the music playing. I found one article about Fox saying the Chiefs might be in a rebuild year and then they qualify it almost immediately saying, let's be clear, this is not what the article is saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the bottom. Just to show this column hasn't completely lost the plot, let's be clear, the Chiefs aren't undergoing a full-scale rebuild. <laughs> so they had to dig deep for the rebuild comments.
1: Oh, he's got some Nick Wright slander yeah. in there. All right, still to come, <laughs> Kenny Reed, final hour. Elliot Friedman ahead of the Leafs and Hawks. Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey should be a good one tonight. Paul Jones on Jakob Pirtle's impact. As the Raps hit the All-Star break plus after the break James Sharman will discuss the ongoing battle between Canadian Soccer and the C.A.S.A. Tim and friends we make them say uh na 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 (laughs) na (laughs) na 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 and Kevin Mandelazi in his NHL debut makes forty six saves gets the shootout win at Ottawa sweeps both ends of a back-to-back.
5: Nas now to sharpen in the corner. Right, let's go, let's go, Ball, let's go! Draw.
1: Oh my goodness!
4: Shaden Sharp cocks it back and hammers it down. Gravity knows no bounds for Shaden.
7: There's some great cities in America, but there's no place you'd rather be and no greater
5: place to be than right here, baby. And let's give it one for the world. How about those two?
1: Welcome back James Sharman in a moment but more Canadian talent on display today at the Champions League. That's right kids. Tejan Buchanan and Cub Brugge or Bruges, depending on who you talk to. They played their first ever Champs League knockout stage game today taking on the Benfica from Portugal and we start in Belgium with the Canadian Tejan Buchanan uh, busting defenses is what he does but Sharp Angle can't beat the keeper wearing 99 cut or uncut I guess it's a goalie it's okay. Here's uh, Jack way. Henry tripping up Gonzalo Ramos in the box of Benfica, awarded a penalty. And with that penalty, it's Jao Mario at the spot. Watch this. bar down, soccer styles. Love that. Burbuguay side leads 1 0, 88 minute. Bruga Bruges, make a mess of things in the back. And it's David Neres who takes advantage, slots at home, and the Benfica take the first leg on the road. 2-0, so not the greatest start for Club Bruges in that one. Other round of 16 action, this one heavyweights. This is Dortmund and Chelsea. We start with Jao Felix, the former Benfica star, has an opportunity, finds woodwork. Closest to either team got to a shot on target in the first half. Second half, here comes Chelsea again. This time Reese James hits it. Gregor Kobel, and it's parried away. 63rd minute, deadlock, broken after mounds of pressure.
3: Crossbar again, Félix. Adeyemi looking for an instant response. Look at this run from Brandt against Enzo Fernandez. Solo. Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper. Oh. A one-man counterattack that draws first blood. Kareem
1: Adeyemi, is he another for the Borussia Dortmund landslide of talent. Three goals, three state matches, and an awesome celebration. 1-0 Dortmund, 78th minute. Ball goes in for Koulibaly, he stopped. Emre Can able to slide it off the line and keep it 1-0, so an added time last chance for the Blues. Enzo Fernandez picks out the top corner, but check out Kobo. That's a pretty good save in my books. He's able to get seven of them to help Borussia Dortmund to the 1-0 victory. Chelsea just two victories in the last 14 matches. 1-0 is your final. Meantime, massive game. Premier League as well today. First place, Arsenal hosting. Second place, Man City. Arsenal looking for their first title since 2004. Been leading for months. But have dropped points in the last couple games. Man City with a win could overtake them. Mm. Another meeting to come later this season. How did this one go, you asked, Paul? That's what we're here for. Manchester City has won their last 10 <laughs> premier matches against the Gunners. And there is the former Borussia Dortmund man, Erling Holland, watching Kevin De Bruyne take a back pass. And that's not very nice to your own teammate who made a mistake. That's cut. A little chop to the cheek, and it's 1 0. 39th minute Ederson comes out to challenge he collides I don't know if this is a penalty it was awarded a penalty Bukayo Saka on the spot been there before Ederson pointing where to go he goes there and he scores. Hey you asked him to put it there we are even at one 51st minute ball goes out of bounds check out De Bruyne. Mikel Arteta. A little keep away there, I'd shove them too, Dubuina not happy, some words, and City, well, they took it out on the skipper here.
3: Give it away by
0: Gabriel, now Haaland, a sight of goal, Gundogan inside him, Grealish waiting, Jack Grealish scores! Manchester City take the lead for the second time in the game! you come for the king you best not
1: miss <laughs> <laughs> all right I'll go gaffer I'll go manager I'll go coach 82nd minute the Kings continue this time it's Holland 26 Premier League goal in just 22 matches this season City leapfrog Arsenal for top spot in the table they win 3 1 the final meantime the she believes cup kicks off tomorrow in Orlando Canada set to face the United States with a backdrop of controversy unrest and sheer exhaustion. This morning you can add a report in the Guardian in England suggesting that their coach their gaffer Bev Priestman is considering leaving the program for another opportunity now Priestman addressed that report today. And also waiting on the ongoing fight between the players and the
8: CS. Today in the first friendly where you like to do things. I think
6: obviously post-goal medal, there's been regular opportunities put in front of me. But I think that the biggest thing is, you know, I'm committed to this group of players. I've shared some incredible moments with them and I want those moments to continue. And um, it is a really difficult circumstance. We, we can't hide from that, but... my my aim is to be with this group of players and to share more incredible moments. They're not just fighting for themselves in the next six months. I think what, what is really strong from this group is to make sure that the next generation of players come through, have the same opportunity and, and yeah, opportunity to represent themselves and perform at the highest level, just like their counterparts. Um, so I'm incredibly proud and honored to, to represent them. I think, As a coach, obviously, naturally, I want this resolved as quickly as I can, as as quickly as we can. I know that's what the CSA want, and I know that's what the players want.
1: That's what we all want. Uh, This after her team, the Olympic gold medal winning women's national team, ended their job action strike, whatever you want to call it, demanding equality and pay and support for the team. Uh, In the end, the squad missed one day of training in Florida with their strike, with their job action, after the women say that Canada Soccer called their strike unlawful and threatened to sue them and their Players Association for damages. Less than ideal. Now, for those just jumping in, this Brad Priestman story follows a similar story surrounding John Herdman and a jump to New Zealand, all while the men's and women's national teams have yet to come to an agreement on payment and support. So a couple things happening. James Sharman joins me now from the Footy Prime <laughs> Podcast, all old friend of the show, which always makes me happy. But James, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can we talk about Arsenal or uh, a yeah, uh, um, Brugger? Can we do that instead, maybe? It's yeah.
1: more fun, isn't it? Are we supposed to call him Brugge or Bruges? Like, it was Bruges I'm a, forever. I'm a Bruges guy. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Um, as in the movie in Bruges. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know more than that, though, honestly. Right. Colin
1: Farrell played a great, great role in that movie. <laughs> right. All right. So maybe we need an actor to come in and play the CSA president or maybe some sort of uh, mediator in all this. Like, what the hell? Like, give me an idea of how we've gotten to this point and maybe if you see a little hope here.
0: Hope, well, that's a, that's a strong word to use. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's so hard. I mean, listen, Tim, this this has been gathering for, for decades, right? The frustration between the players and Canada soccer. Um, and, and that kind of went away the last couple of years. The, the, the women win the gold medal. It's fantastic. The men find this this almost golden generation. They have this incredible journey qualifying to the world cup everything's great right everything's fantastic um but then the reality hits and there's a huge budget cut for this year and there's no transparency at this point uh the, the players for for the last year have been asking for transparency from the csa from canada soccer business which is the the company that's there to essentially owns all the commercial and marketing rights for for canadian soccer and and the players are saying listen Um, You know, a budget cut is a budget cut, but at least tell us where the money has gone. And I think at this point, that's the frustration. The pay equity angle is obviously important, but the players acknowledge and the CSA acknowledge there will be pay equity. The men will make the same money as women. That's not even um, a debate at this point. That will happen. It's it's more beyond that. The equity of support amongst the team. Will the women get the same support as the men did in their World Cup year? If not, why not? If the money's not available now, but it was available last year, why not? So it all comes down to transparency. That's a key word here. Um, it is the hope. Listen, Canada Soccer Business came out with a statement, um, I think yesterday or the day before, saying that they will uh, find a way to ensure that the women's team do have home games before the World Cup. Prior to that, that wasn't going to happen. They say they'll find a way to have camps that weren't otherwise scheduled. So that that's hopeful, I suppose. Um, is it enough? the players still need to see that document that was signed in 2018 um you know the, there's so many layers here but if you listen to the, the the women yesterday in the conference call yeah yeah listen to Beth Priestman today the passion is they're so strong about this yeah. they're not back down right they will strike again in april when the next window is because legally they can strike then they will strike again if if nothing's sorted out by then so this is uh continuing I, i'm not sure there's hope at this point but Listen, at some point, they'll figure it out. But is it going to be in time?
1: OK, so from what you're hearing, and we both have to bank on that because we haven't heard publicly from Canada Soccer. So from what you're hearing, are like, is there any steps towards a resolution? Because from what I'm hearing and what you just said, the pay equity is there, the support staff isn't. And that's because the CSA says they have no more money. And that cost, the staff um that will cost some of the younger teams as well like that seems to be the argument right now is yes you will get pay equity it's the rest of the stuff and the csa says we have no money for the rest of the stuff
0: yeah exactly and from what i'm hearing the csa will try and find that money that's last i heard whatever that means um, but they have to show the players where the money's gone in this csb deal the deal is i mean we listen we've been over this before but the Teams guarantee, well, Canada Soccer's guaranteed 3 to $4 million a year from this deal. But obviously, all these new deals coming post-World Cup, more lucrative, more money coming in. How much is the CSB taking? They're saying they're making no money at this point, personally, from this. Um, but they need to prove that, right? I, I think if they could prove to the women players, listen, I'm sorry, hmm. there is no money. It just isn't there. The players would probably begrudgingly accept it because they said, we don't want to spend what's not there. Right? But they have to show the players um, you know, where the money has gone. Um, it's it's a strange one, to say the very least, because you think the money is coming in now post-World Cup. They're signing deals all the time. There's other deals close to being signed. Um, but you have to remember that the, the CSB isn't just pocketing the money for themselves, right? So they get the money to the CSA. But at the same time, they also have brought a domestic league to Canada. It's right. C- really, really important for the game in this country and the development. Um, but the owners have been bleeding money in that league since its inception four years ago now right so um that there's more to it than just right company pocketing money i think it's that
1: simple And, and there's ways that Canada soccer can make money because the CSB doesn't own everything. One of those things is holding games at home, and they pay Iran to stay home. They play a game against Curacao leading up to the World Cup, and there's no game schedule for the women. That just seems like dropping the ball on all parts. But listen, I know you were on with Faisal last night. All three of us are fans and supporters of Canadian soccer. You brought up the CSB um, for the uninitiated, James kind of gave you a lot of what's going on, but I also think that there's some culpability on the CSA side of things. And I know the men pointed to the CSB, the women are talking about everything. It, like, is there any way, and there are good people here, but are, is there any way that the CSA leadership lasts through this, James?
0: Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I don't know is the answer. The government is getting involved now. They'll look into this. They have, of course, got the power um, to, to force a leadership change. Um, listen, the, the CSA from who, who I've spoken to within that organization association are pretty honest when they talk to me about that CSB deal. They, they say, listen, at the time it made complete sense. And at the time, I didn't hear too many detractors about that deal, no, but they say now, not. the current yeah. landscape, the current landscape, they wouldn't sign it. They wouldn't sign it, it's a bad deal. Right. So is there a way to get in there and restructure that deal? That's being looked at right now. Um, if if there is, the current leadership certainly can, I'm, I'm sure, maintain and, and get out of this. But uh, the players said yesterday they, they don't know. There's going to be change throughout the organization. Um, that's what they're they're kind of they're being careful what they say. You know, it's funny in that. Yeah, they are. Yesterday, they, 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 they're getting a lot of legal advice, what they can and cannot say. The passion bled through that was fantastic didn't learn too much though overall i think from from that conference call yesterday um but there's a lot of distrust right now at the very top of, of the csa from the players and that is not good obviously
1: uh we're a proper footballing nation uh men's Women's side of things, uh, I think we need to get everything up to that level, and that's the challenge over the next little while. And I think that's honestly what the women are fighting for. And uh, I say kudos to them, and I hope that they get there and it's sustainable. And because I, I think there's money coming, but who am I? There's money coming. Yeah, there has to be. Money. There has there's, to there's be.
0: Gold medal winner. There's a there's a team qualifying for a World Cup who will be another World Cup in three and a half years time. There's money coming, but where are those funds going? That is a right. question. To answer that question. It's a pretty simple one, really, right? You think?
1: Yeah, and then, it should be. It should be. Uh, I'm being told that Rashmidani will be down at the She Believes Cup in Orlando. We will talk to him tomorrow, so we'll continue the conversation. James, always appreciate you jumping on with us, and I like the haircut.
0: Thanks, pal. <laughs> he brings <laughs> out my eyes. <laughs>
1: All right, there is James Sharman. Uh, check out the Footy Prime podcast for more information. After to break, another friend of the show. You're in Tim and Friends. It's a fitting name. Paul Jones will join us to discuss the Raptors' first half, Jakob Purtle's immediate impact on the team, and an All-Star break next right here. I'm Tim and Friends, Sportsnet. And Sportsnet. Counting down to the Leafs and the Hawks on Sportsnet. Austin Matthews returns just in time for Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey. Sean McKenzie plus from the rink. Plus Kenny Reed, Elliot Friedman, all on the way later. In the show. Meanwhile, the Bud stablemates, the Toronto Raptors, two and one since the NBA trade deadline. Really should be three and zero, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. I shall bring on longtime friend of the show, Raptors broadcaster Paul Jones. Here we Enjoyed go. You now, what's going on, Josie? How are you, man?
9: I'm good, Uncle Timmy. You know, just hanging in there and. uh riding the wave of another season it's up it's down it's uh, what we do welcome to sports (laughs) it is
1: so let me ask you before we get to what they've been since the trade deadline were you surprised at how the trade deadline went not really
9: you know Masai's always been a I do my work in the summer kind of guy and let it marinate let it let it go there might be a tweak around the all-star break and and uh uh, the trade deadline, and we saw a tweak from him. But anybody who thought that he might, you know, pull off a major overhaul, you got to know his history. And that doesn't mean that it can't happen, because it does. But uh, a lot of times he's 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 tinkering. He's kind of letting it go until the summer. Now, do I think we're going to see some changes this summer? We could. Right. We very well could. But, um, you know, boy, Jacob Perto was really good last night.
1: Yeah.
9: 30 points. Nine rebounds, uh, demonstrating his basketball IQ, great passing, taking the ball to the goal. And everybody talks about, you know, the chemistry with he and Pascal. Boy, he's got good chemistry with Fred, too. And you talk about how Pascal's improved over the last little while. Well, this kid left after his second year, and now he's back, and he's shown his improvement, too. So um, this this could be a nice little time after the uh, All-Star break. Raptors don't have a terrible schedule they've got some winnable games in there and and let's see how it plays out
1: does the addition of Pertle and listen we looked at some defensive numbers and some efficiency numbers defensively listen they were uncharacteristically 18th going into the deadline and defensive efficiency uh, I'm not saying that it's going to stay as low as it has been with Pertle on the floor but small sample size it's looked a lot different is, is there any chance that we see them climb up these standings with just the addition of a little bit more help defensively, Jonesy.
9: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, you watch him in the lane. He's he's a big body, and you know, we people would talk about quickness. And uh, you know, I had an old coach who used to say, at the end of the game, quick guys get slow, but big guys don't shrink. And and Kirtle is, uh, he's a guy that makes you think down there. He he blocks shots. He changes shots. Uh, even when it comes to rebounding, he's got a body and a, a size—the size that's big enough to keep other big men off the board. And remember, uh, you are going to uh, see some big bodies over the course of the next little while. I yeah. mean, you know, there's a, there's a Robert Williams III in Boston. There's a this guy Joel Embiid. You might have heard, heard of him yeah. in in Philadelphia. That <laughs> uh, there are there are some big bodies that that will crash the glass, and you need a big body down there. Uh, you know, when they play Milwaukee, it's going it to be a different story this time. When they see Brook Lopez, so I, I like what the addition does, and you make one change. And if you had five changes in mind, make make them one at a time, and see if uh, it has a big impact. And I, I like what the potential for the impact is here with the Acapurtel.
1: All right, so so one more on the Raptors before I, I want to get to something near and dear to. to both of our hearts, to be honest with you, but one more the, the, the surprising thing to me when I spoke to Bobby Webster was, we're going to make the push for the playoffs, we're going to see how many games we can win. Like I know that he was kind of forced into that with the way that the deadline went. Who else can take that next step in your mind that can help them push forward?
9: Well, I mean, you have to see how all these guys play with Jakob Pertl in the right. mix. Uh, his his uh, presence in the lane is going to have defenders a half a step closer to the middle of the key, which means that's a little more time for a catch-and-shoot from a Fred Van Vliet or an OG Ananobi or a Gary Trent Jr. Two of those three guys, remember, they're on this run of five out of six and OG hasn't played, and Gary's missed the last couple. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's there. And, and, you know, Tim, there are a lot of people saying, Quoting Masai from two years ago when he said, Play in for what? I did it. Well, that was, t- well, but that was two years ago. Did you do yeah. that? No. Yeah, yeah, did, no, did, I'm, I'm did you okay you with
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah.
9: Okay. So I'm not really trying to put you on blast. No, no, here, it's but... fine.
1: I can own up to it. <laughs> we're allowed to evolve and learn. It's okay.
9: <laughs> two years ago, they were in Tampa. Yeah. And it was, the expectations were different for that team. And you didn't have to answer to the fan base. Uh, any kind of postseason or playoff game is still good for this young guy named scotty barnes uh it's good for you know a young guy named precious achua it's good to have them have that experience to get that experience so i don't think you can say play in for what right now you're rebuilding you're 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 retooling you're trying to build towards another championship and you have to take small steps i mean not everybody's golden state where you're in the play in one year and, and get to the NBA Finals the next. Oh, by the way, with Hall of Famers like Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Klay and, and Thompson. Like, it's not – it doesn't happen like that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you. I would. I got you. Take the play in. Yeah, I, I got take you. Take the play in. And, and the reason why I said play in for what was I wanted to know what the Raptors thought what the difference was between exactly. Tampa and and what happened this year. Before I let you go, I, I know you're working on a game that le- means a little, a little something more than just basketball to you, to me, to, to many out there. Uh, yeah. The HBCU Classic, are, are, are you doing the game? I'm, I'm doing it.
9: It's between Grambling State, nice. and who, who gave us Willis Reed, and Southern University, who gave us Bob Love and Avery Johnson. And you know what I'm looking forward to, Tim? Have you ever had a halftime at an oh, HBCU event? I mean, seeing a guy dancing like he's at the club with a tuba on his back, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah. But th- that said, the NBA has taken great steps in these initiatives to help these historically black colleges and universities. And uh, it's going to be a great event, um, you know, a, a terrific game uh, and, and feature some guys that, you know, not are, are not household names that not everybody gets to see. Yeah. And maybe they'll catch the eye of, of an NBA person or a G League person
1: yeah, you mentioned who we got uh, in the NBA but I was just thinking back and I had to Google it to make sure but but Harold Carmichael we just saw him at the at the Super Bowl uh Aeneas Williams those are those are dudes out of Southern so we've seen it on both sides and and those old school football games was where we first saw well I first saw the dude at the club with the tuba on his back and I'm looking forward to it so I'm, I'm glad well, you're working it, it- Eddie
9: Robinson, right? Yeah. Legendary coach.
1: Legendary coach at Grambling. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Appreciate you doing this always, Jonesy. Great catching up with you. And I'm glad to see you getting that work on that game. It'll be fun to watch. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it, brother. There is uh, Paul Jones, longtime friend of the show, here on Tim. When we come back, we'll tee up the night on the ice. That's right. Leafs and Hawks. On Sportsnet tonight, Sean McKenzie will join us from the ring. Ken Reed's joining us in studio. Elliot Friedman as well. It's a hump day here in Tim and Friends, and we'll get you to hot. Tim and Friends,
0: time for Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends, time for Tim and Friends, Tim and Friends. And now,
1: time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Friends of the show, indeed. Thank you very much. Sheepdogs, hour to go, half an hour to go. Getting ahead of myself here. Just half a half hour, an hour, power to go. Power hour. hour Yeah, a power hour <laughs> of half an hour. Uh, we're just the first part of that. Yes. Uh, Ken Reed in studio with me, Timothy, Elliot Friedman, Sean McKenzie coming up. What's going on, buddy? How are you? <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'm yeah. good yeah. sir. Ken Reed in studio. Yes. That's right, Jesse.
4: Right now, I'm literally watching Elliot stand by. He's standing by. As oh, he's leaving. He's getting I love when Elliot's stuff. on his phone. He yeah. just left the room because stuff's going
1: down. I love it. Uh, did you know that uh, Austin Matthews is going down tonight on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey? I did. I saw it in your script. I was just speaking <laughs> uh, Austin Matthews is back tonight as the Leafs host the lowly Chicago Blackhawks Scotiabank Arena. Across the country on Sportsnet with more on that one. We're going to go live. Scotiabank with all Scotiabank tonight Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey Scotiabank Arena Scotiabank Sean McKenzie joins me now what's going on Sean.
3: Well Timmy I got some good news and some bad news for Leafs fans we'll start with the good news because everyone loves good news you mentioned it. Austin Matthews back in the lineup. He'll play with William Nylander. That means Mitch Marner and John Tavares stay together. We know they have had great chemistry so far this season. On the blue line, Justin Hall is out as a healthy scratch and Connor Timmins comes in. Okay, so that is the good news as far as Austin Matthews return. Let's get to the bad news. The Maple Leafs match up against, as you called them, the lowly Chicago Blackhawks and Peter Marazic gets the start. So there'll be some people saying, why is that bad news? That should be good news. Well, Leaf fans know the team's history against teams that are well below them in the standings. We saw it Saturday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It was a game that Sheldon Keefe was not happy about and made it very clear. Add into the fact that they're going up against a former teammate and goal. Well, it's a bit of a trap game. The Leafs know it though. They talked this morning that they would need, they know they need to be better. They've been stewing over that loss against the Blue Jackets for a few days now, and they know they need to turn in a much better performance now. Give you an idea of just how big the maple Leafs are as a favorite tonight the betting odds they are a minus 610 favorite which apparently rumor on twitter is that is the biggest favorite in nhl history that is quite something
1: wow. Wow. Uh, we checked it it is the biggest favorite the leafs have been uh, with bat rivers so we're gonna have to check this now nhl moving forward because sometimes they can't trust twitter
4: sorry sean oh really you don't trust twitter <laughs> yeah, awesome. Okay, Wicken and Kenzie, thanks a bunch. You can't, you, you can't
3: trust me either. There is... <laughs> yes, we <can. laughs> yes, we can. That's why we got a
4: <laughs> We can trust. Reeks of credibility, either way, Shawnee Mac. Okay, let's move out to Edmonton. The Oilers <laughs> host the Wings. You can see it on Sportsnet West and nationally on Sportsnet One. Oilers coming off a loss to the Canadians on Super Bowl Sunday. Buzz in Edmonton around what could be coming before the trade deadline. With more on that, here is Gene Principi.
5: Ken, it's that time of the year as the trade deadline is just around the corner. If you are playing or watching or cheering for a National Hockey League team, especially one in Canada, chances are you are immersed in rumours. And there have certainly been a lot of them when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers and defensemen they might be getting or forwards they might be trading or draft picks or prospects. They've been mentioned in so many potential deals. And that's the key to all this is potential deals it's hard this time of the year to try and figure out what's fact and what's fiction
1: you know what guys i honestly i i don't know i've i've heard so many different things i've been a part of so many different rumors and a lot of them are bullshit. a lot of the time so um you know the trade deadline there's always going to be speculation um you know there's always going to be rumors just created for entertainment right yeah i think you know we don't spend a lot of time uh in in the confines of our dressing room uh talking a lot about that stuff um in fact i would say that um you know that swirl probably comes from a lot of people in this room not
8: not necessarily um inside the room thankfully that's not my job to define find that uh you know kenny uh, kenny gets paid a lot of money to do his job and um you know that's uh, that's something that uh, him and his staff have to have to figure out and my job is to play and and to, to, to lead our group and um you know to put uh, to put our, our staff and management in a position where they they need to go out and and, uh, and add pieces if they feel that's necessary or you know keep it uh, keep it all together so um that's that's what we do here.
5: Connor McDavid uh, joked that when it comes to being all in, it's really not up to him and he'll uh, hand that over to President of Hockey Operations and General Manager Ken Holland and his staff to determine what the Edmonton Oilers might do when it comes to moves to help them push forward the remainder of the season and into the playoffs. As for head coach Jay Woodcroft, he said that he has a good working relationship with Ken Holland and he does have some input when it comes to players the Oilers uh, might be getting at the deadline. Up until then, Ken and Tim will just have to wait and see what the Oilers do or don't do when it comes to March 3rd.
1: It's February
5: 50. These
1: are like
4: annoying people that plan for their summer's Wait, What are you doing in August? I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing
1: March 3rd. I got to play a game uh, in Vancouver that can actually struggle to keep the puck out of that under Rick Tuckett and to be frank all season long. Tonight they host the Rangers regionally. Uh, with more on that one, let's check in with Dan Murphy. Dano.
8: Tim, greetings from Vancouver and thank you once again for including me as one of your friends. All right, we've reached the point of the season where the All-Star break is behind us and fans of teams are always looking at the standings to see how many points their club is out of a playoff spot or how many points clear they are of teams trying to catch them. As for fans of the Vancouver Canucks, they're focused on a different part of the standings, as in the bottom of the overall standings. Canucks currently 27th in the league and I don't think they can catch, so to speak, Columbus or Chicago or Anaheim but currently Vancouver just one point clear of San Jose Two points clear of Arizona, so could they finish with the fifth best odds in the draft lottery, maybe even the fourth? It's possible. We all know the Canucks have been screwed in the lottery in recent years, always falling. So maybe this time they'll get lucky with the big prize on the line, Connor Bedard, who's from North Vancouver. Now, they might have to be lucky and good tonight against a Rangers team that's lost just four times in regulation in its last 27 games. Yes, 24 and three with a plus 36 goal differential. Not an easy spot for a goaltender making his first National Hockey League start, but that will happen tonight. Archer's Seelofs, a six-round pick in 2019, will get his first start for Vancouver, so the Canucks are hoping it's a arty party tonight at Rogers Arena.
1: Nothing yeah. like an arty party. Appreciate it, Dan Murphy. We've got a fridge party in here. As Elliot Friedman has... Uh... Joined to us, ten. fresh off of taking a phone call, this is three thirty-two, brought to you by GMC and the new Sierra AT4X. We heard a Vander Kane say, "A lot of what we hear during this time is uh, bull bleep." Uh, do do you, when those calls happen on February fifteenth, or fourteenth, or thirteenth, mm-hmm. and the deadline is still two weeks away, get some of those people in and around the league going, "Can you leave me alone, please?" Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> to be honest, like yeah.
7: you do, like. Nobody wants to roll grenades into people's lives. Uh, like nobody wants to do that. Uh, uh, like uh, it, it's crazy. I had, I had one guy all over me yesterday. You lied about Thatcher Demko. You said he wanted a trade, and I said I hate to tell you this, but I've, I've never said that. Right. But like it just goes crazy at this at this time of year, and I I do feel for some of the people involved. There's there's no question about it.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I understand. But I just want
7: to say, like, for the record. If I say something, I generally have reason to believe it. I don't really throw stuff out there except that we're getting rid of Ken Reed. Like that's really?
4: that's older than the chicken rumors. Yeah. <laughs> and do you want chicken to get traded just so you can move on with your life? Yes.
1: Yeah. I okay. think that is and he true. can move on with it Like and speaking of on. rumors, like yeah. that's gotta be tough. The five for a guy years now? To be in rumors as long like this might be the record for being in rumors. Yeah.
7: Well I I think the thing is is that it turned into a five alarm blaze last week and I, I can't remember it like this is actually one of the interesting things that that everybody here is going to have to figure out what's acceptable because, uh, you know, in the past, Bettman's been asked about how do you feel about players being held out for trades and he said, and he's right, you you get held out for a trade, you're generally traded the next day, like it's pretty quick. This is the first one I can remember where a player, like I remember Felix Potvin leaving the Maple Leafs until he got traded, right? But this is the first one I can remember in recent memory where a guy was held out for a trade, stayed with the team, and it's been five days. And I think a lot of us are are wondering, now I think the player is good with this, so the Players Association is not going to fight it. And we don't know where the league feels about this, but I can tell you where some of the teams look at it. They say, look, Arizona and Columbus with Gavrikov out. Look at how many teams they're going to be playing, who are either right on the playoff cut line right. or battling for home ice advantage, and they don't think that this is right. Like they, they think that if you're going to trade, if a guy's going to be sat out, it's it's got to be because a trade is imminent. Now, you know, one of my theories is that I, I like I have like Chickering. Columbus has liked him before. I have kind of wondered if Columbus is trying. Let's move Gavrikov and see if we can use that to get Chikrin. I don't know how Chikrin would feel about that. Um, he was told he would be traded to a contender. And I think Columbus's point is we can't have another year like this one. But I, I think there are a lot of people around the league who don't like the way that this is going with the overall sitting out.
4: It's, uh, I mean, it's not New Jersey and Pittsburgh in 1984, but, you know, there's, like when, when Bettman says there's no tanking. Franchises yeah, can tank. Says that Players stuff. won't tank. Like he franchises. Just,
7: like, like the thing is, like I understand why people get so riled up by that. Like it's when he's it's like when he says, "Oh, people say they love like the digital board." <laughs> it's like he's going to say what he can to protect the shield, right? Like we all know this. But I don't understand why people
1: get so worked up about this. Because some people love Colin Horsebleep. That's all.
7: Well, yeah, but like, what's his job? His job is to protect the shield. Like, like when I hear that, I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously tanking in this league. But I just, you know, I can't get worked up about it because I know what
1: he's doing. So do you think that Chikrin gets moved in the next little while? Or are we going to go from five days to six days? Because it's not like the the deadline's tomorrow. You know,
7: I I hate to make these pronouncements because it changes with one phone call and all of a sudden I look like a big dumbass if right. I say one thing. But look, I like, I think there are teams that are interested in him. I think that, uh, I like... Like I remember last weekend when when the tweet came out from the Coyotes and people were like L.A., L.A., L.A. I I thought L.A. too, but people were telling me, like, don't jump all over this. Like, it's not that close. And those people were right. And, you know, I'll tell you this. There is a theory going around, and this is what happens when when there's this kind of a vacuum, that maybe he tweaks something small and Arizona – like, I don't think it's a big deal or anything like that. I don't think it's anything that could prevent him from being traded. But there are some teams that believe there was, like, a small little thing – and Arizona just said we are not risking this, and Chickering's okay with that. His trade value will never be higher. He's had a phenomenal year, but I think LA's had an offer in on them, and I, I and they're just they're there like they can't bridge whatever that final gap is because they don't want to pay what Arizona's asking, and Arizona isn't accepting what LA's done so far.
1: So might as well call around in the meantime.
7: Well, that's I you know that's what that I think that's what that was too yeah. was like get your and I, and like I said I. I have wondered about Columbus if they've jumped back into it and said, can we do this? Right.
1: Give me your best offer because we're about to do this. And then I'm, I'm just speculating here. I'm not suggesting that that's what no, happens. I, I but think it's that's, common sense sometimes.
7: I think that's kind of what's gone on. But I, like I said, I think there's some teams who look at this and say, it's not right to hold a guy out for... Right. Well, I guess we're on five, six days now.
1: So we heard from the Edmonton Oilers. Like, who's the team that's getting the most buzz right now? Like, where, where do you feel, like, who could be the team that makes the most noise early? Well, like,
7: you know, we've seen a couple of big trades early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, like, I know everybody hates hearing this, but I, I think the Leafs are the most fascinating team this year. Mm. Like, you know, we all know that they there's... Like, this is a huge season for them. So much is on the line. They've had a really good year, including they've played really well when a lot of guys were hurt. You know, Tampa just caught them for home ice advantage in the first round. They have the same number of points, but Tampa Bay's played one last game. Um, that first series is going to be brutal. Yeah. Those, like, basically, they're, the top, they're three of the top five teams in the league by points percentage and two of them are going to be out in the second round.
4: When you say brutal, do you mean physically brutal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so like, who do the Leafs have that can be physically well, brutal? That's when I, I look I think, at
7: that. I think that's one of the things that yeah. they're looking at. Like, yeah. I do think right now, and again, it's one of those things I could say, and I could come out and I could look like a giant idiot if they trade for a defenseman. But I think they're looking at forwards. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do. I think they're looking at forwards with a bit of edge, a bit of snarl, talent too. Um, like, the one the, the one thing that I think the Toronto police have had trouble with all year is that fourth line. They, they've had a real trouble getting that uh, a consistent fourth line that does some offense that they're happy with. So I think they're looking at can can they add some forwards uh, that maybe either bolster that fourth line or push guys down and bolster the fourth line that way. I I do think that's one of the things that they're looking at. I think they're looking for forwards.
4: you think Dubis is a guy that goes out and, and buys into some snarl and some physical guys?
7: Well, I, I think look 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 like normally you can't say we got to prepare to play a team, but they can because they know who they're playing right.
1: and they know and, who they're getting if they get through. Well, the probably. thing is,
7: like I think Tampa like they're Tampa's a really skilled team, but I don't think they get credit for like they play like a bunch of a holes. Like they they really do. They're really nasty. That's a compliment. Yeah, that's it, it is. It's a huge compliment. I got a lot of respect for them. Yeah. Yep. And I think Toronto knows that. Like yeah. they, they, that's a nasty, skilled team. And I think Toronto knows they gotta have some of that.
1: Okay. So let me ask the question that with Scotiabank Wednesday night hockey being the Blackhawks yeah. and the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's come up in the last little while. I don't know if it's coincidence, but. Is there, like, Patrick Kane, it seemed like there was a tie to the New York Rangers, yep. and the Rangers go out and get Tarasenko, and there's no longer a tie to the New York Rangers. Some have tied him to Toronto. Yep. Is that a possibility? I, you know what, I, I've... I, the, the thing
7: that, without having the ability to ask him, because I don't like to put words in people's mouths, mm-hmm. when, when I heard that, the, my, my initial reaction was, has somebody told him that Toronto might be interested? Right. Like that's, that's, that was my first reaction. Like I look at it this way. I think that, like, like I think Toronto again is looking for forwards. I think they'll look for anybody who they think can help them. I think the biggest question is like just his health. And I know that drives him crazy. I just wonder if the Maple Leafs look at it and say physically, like I'll, I'll tell you this if they think physically he can help them, You'd be insane not to look at him, right. but I th- I think the, my question is: Do the Do the Maple Leafs think he's in a good enough place physically he can help them? Because I think he's really upset about this narrative with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But obviously, if the Rangers felt that, the narrative is out there. And can they fit him like under the cap? At the well, I mean, it would be tricky. Somebody, that, that's the problem. You have to do a third team. You have to pay a third team.
1: Yeah,
7: and uh, you know, and you know, what's the acquisition cost? Mm-hmm. Um You know, like, like I said, I don't think it's impossible. I just wonder if the Maple Leafs think that he's the best thing that can help them.
1: I consider myself a hard worker. I know that you work harder than me. You ran out of the studio with the phone before the thing started. Had that to was jump just my in way here. of leaving you guys. <laughs> but I gotta ask, how bad's the T-shirt underneath that jacket that you left the jacket on? No, you know it's a great, <laughs> it's a great T-shirt. t-shirt. Oh, it's a yeah. Shea
7: Gilgis Alexander. But so like, why, why did you break it I out? I just was like, do I want to appear on a T-shirt? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the rules are around here.
1: There's no rules in this. dude. I wore a leather jacket I've from got I've got enough
7: HR violations. I didn't <laughs> Okay.
1: want to commit another all right. by, Would like, that be an I don't know. We're all fans of Shays, aren't I we? Know. I don't know. He's yeah. the real deal. We're, We're all like, fans of HR MVP. violations. I know that. <laughs> yeah. All right. MVP. Thank you, uh, Afrije. Oh, appreciate you. Nice buddy. There is Elliot Friedman. Kenny, sticking around. Uh, one last break. Game time next, and then we'll get you to the Leafs and the Blackhawks right here. And the Blackhawks right here on Sportsnet. <laughs> We hope your game day starts with Tim and friends, and tonight that game day, a good one. Leafs and Hawks following us. Oilers hosting the Wings later on Sportsnet West and one nationally. Canucks Rangers regionally on Pacific, and we've got an NBA doubleheader that has ramifications with the Raptors on Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet Now. Game time with Ken Reed and Jesse Rubinoff. I am Tim McAuliffe, and we start with a visit to Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey and the panel, Carolyn Cameron and company. Take it away.
6: Thank you. That's Sam Cosadino, Jennifer Botrell, and Anthony Stewart. The big news for the Toronto Maple Leafs against Chicago is they're welcoming back Austin Matthews. He's missed five games with a knee sprain, and they're happy to have him.
9: Yeah, he's definitely back. And what I like about it now, he gets three weeks off and he doesn't have to worry about now about the headlines of is he going to score 70 goals he gets to come back and play a good two-way game he's on pace for 40 goals that's a great season right now But he comes in at the perfect time as the Leafs struggled last game against Columbus. So for me, it's a big, big boost. I like this balance right now, especially Kerfoot in the top six as well, too. So it's a welcome addition for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, you look at that line, of course, when he's playing with Nylander and bunting, and it gives them flexibility. But I agree that it's so important for him to just play, you know? And and you come into this uh, situation where the Leafs have been a little bit flat at times, and this is just the spark that they needed with his return, his offensive touch, and his presence.
3: Think about that debate. Are we going to put Marner and Matthews? Are we going to keep those guys together or not? Or are we going to split them up? And I think there's better balance between the top six when you have them split up. And we've seen great chemistry with Matthews out between Tavares and Marner. Those two will stay together. Oftentimes coaches tend to, to work in pairs. And then you get to see Bunting, of course, stay with Matthews. And then you throw that guy Nylander on there as well. So really good balance, I think, by keep, keeping them split apart.
6: And Stewie mentioned the Leafs. They had that tough loss against Columbus. They are the heavy favorites against Chicago, who lost last night 4-0 in Montreal. And Chicago 0-7 in the second game back to back so just saying
1: uh, appreciate you guys doing this as always uh, thanks for adding a little uh, knowledge to this table yes mm-hmm. uh, Carolyn Cameron and the crew in fact this is the longest odds the Leafs have been all year long this is the calmest appearance I've ever had on this show maybe they're related <laughs> <laughs> all right there Jesse Rubinoff let's get to it.
2: all right let's take the Leafs uh, they face the 31st place Blackhawks tonight obviously Chicago is on the second of a back to back after losing uh, fours of the Habs last night while the Leafs are. 26 and 4 on home ice, and getting Austin Matthews back, yeah. which is obviously important for them. All this makes Toronto a minus 560 favorite to win tonight. That is large. Uh, Tim, the Leafs should dominate this game, correct?
1: Yeah, that minus 560 on BetRivers Rivers is the longest odds for any team facing the Leafs this year. Uh, some books have it at over 600, which would be among the longest. Odds period in the history of the NHL, yes. but I, I have to remind people of a board that we've shown a couple times here, Kenny, mm-hmm. and that is the Leafs against the bottom eight in the National Hockey. Not like they're, good. They have five wins in 13 games against the bottom eight teams in the National Hockey League. I mean, I know they played last night. I but there's some. They I, need to go to Cobra Kai, learn
4: no mercy. Right. Right. Like. Let's go. If you get against them, they opponent, take care of it tonight, though, right? I'm not a betting. Well, I am a betting man. I'm just not a good one. <laughs> uh, I'd be tempted to put, no, yeah. Chicago did not look good last night. All, no, but they got the riot act read right through them, too. It'll if be, you don't, yeah. like i mean, just so saying
2: there's a chance. I- I'm but, just saying there's not the-
4: going to be the same team coming into Toronto that played last night. But, I mean, you're playing for home ice against Tampa in the first round. So, these are two points that are there for you. So I mean, should be able to take them. You yeah, should I'm, I'm with
1: you. To, yeah. I'm,
2: all right. On Monday night, the Leafs held their blue and white gala to raise funds for the MLSE Foundation. During the gala, Captain John Tavares and Mitch Marner did a dramatic reading, lines from the movie *The Notebook*. Good movie. Tavares spoke about the experience <laughs> today.
1: Yeah. It was it was fun. It was funner than I expected. I was a little uh, a little nervous and. Uh, you know really didn't think I have uh, any type of acting skill but uh uh got a few compliments from from the guys and uh from my table that I was sitting at so thought i did uh, thought I did all right it was obviously a lot of fun and uh you know mitchy's uh just got great personality for for that type of stuff so um I think we had a good scene that kind of just kind of got us both really drawn into it, and
2: it's uh, <laughs> 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 a very long answer. I yeah, I the know, uh, yeah. Kenny, you said it was a great movie. Did you cry watching
4: it? Damn movie? right, I did. I'm getting welled up right now thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they both OD'd at the end, though? They like he, they both took a bunch of pills and died that way together. No. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm no. guessing your reference. referencing uh, no, the movie. No, no. You think they just naturally passed within seconds of with each that's other? That's
2: the beauty of it. You're supposed to suspend all your belief. If they're in a nursing home. I think they probably took some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: haven't seen
2: the movie. One more. I'm moving on from that. You Edmonton haven't seen the notebook? The rumors of Eric Carlson being dealt it's to the Oilers males, have picked up. As of late, there are questions about whether they can make him fit under the salary cap, but if they could swing it... Timmy, would a Carlson edition make the Oilers your pick to represent the West in the many, Cup
1: final? How many times do I, like, how do they swing this? I don't understand how they swing this deal and get better. They keep getting tied there. Mark Spector wrote yeah. a whole, whole article on Sportsnet.ca so saying high. that it can't happen. Are you going to watch The Notebook tonight? How much, should I watch The Notebook? Yeah, well, no. Yeah, it's
4: I've cried you know, it two movies yeah. in my life. Yeah. The Notebook and Sylvester Stallone's Over the Top.
1: It's, it's a good movie.
6: Child custody well, he, and arm wrestling. When what a he took the hat
1: backwards, Kenny, how could you not? I mean, come on, that is an emotional wreck. I understand it. That does it for us. We're sending it back to Carolyn and Company. Wednesday night hockey coming up next. Leafs and Hawks. Austin returns. Enjoy, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Kenny.